0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a video about the vendors in year three and things that we would like to see happen with them. There was a lot of people unhappy about the lack of a vendor refresh, and I want to say why it's probably okay that didn't happen, but we definitely want to see some innovation and some expansion with them. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. ragecom It'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. I'm probably live right now. I'm usually live when these hit the feeds. If not, you can click follow on the Twitch channel, and you can always hit like and subscribe. On the YouTube channel as well. So, say no to rage.com will bring you right to me. So, first, I want to ask the question why was there no refresh? I know people were upset about that. I got into a little bit of a tiff with a guy the other day who's like, You've changed your position. I've just readjusted what I want them to do because I kind of admitted it probably wouldn't have been the best to do a bunch of year one reskins in paid content with a lot of the vendor refreshes. I have been wanting to see the vendors on the planets, especially them giving seasonal rank and some other things so we're going to talk about that first why no refresh Uh, and then second I want to talk about Ikora is the key I think Ikora has come a really really long way as an NPC as they've iterated on the idea of what an NPC can be similar to Ada. And then later, I want to ask the question at the very end, more reskins, you know, are you asking for more reskins? What can we expect going forward if they're going to be doing things with these NPCs? So I actually get why they didn't want to do a bunch of year one or two stuff reskinned in the Shadowkeep DLC. Uh, Again, I adjusted my expectations and sort of my request uh, is the closer we got to Shadowkeep. The closer we got to Shadowkeep, the more I saw people complaining about reskins of the moon and reskins of bosses, and I thought they weren't going to really want to muddy the waters of, here's a paid DLC, and oh, by the way, we're doing vendor refreshes that include a lot of stuff from the past years. And I know somebody might push back and say, well, they could have done a bunch of new stuff, they could have done new gear, new guns, look how much they did in the Eververse. I don't really want to retread that argument. I think the the vanity items are designed by artists, and actual guns and stats and rolls and things on, on, on gear need to be tested in a live environment, so it's not necessarily a fair comparison i still want to ask the question why not add something why not do something to these npcs especially since they all have the bounties now and they could even consider replicating the bounty system on the various planets if you see the weeklies the dailies and the repeatables Eris has those bounties i mean she's on a planet she's not in the tower and she she mimics the dailies the weeklies and the repeatables that you see in both Ikora, Shaxx, and zavala I could also afford to maybe even make Drifter a little bit more uniform. He's kind of all over the place with the number of bounties that he has, so updating him to kind of bring him in line with the rest of them would be good. I think the community's made it clear that they want them to do something. I, you know, I definitely... I'm not going to skirt over that and act like, oh, it's totally fine, and then obviously everybody accuses me of being a bungee apologist if I defend any facet of the game, even though I criticize more facets than I praise, but even though... People have been asking for it. I do think the better timing of it would be in the seasons that are following because they're probably going to be a little bit thinner. They're not going to be quite as substantive. They're only $10, and that's probably the time that they could add some free things. One of the examples I have given is if you go to the director and then you click on your season pass, it's very clear there's already a free side and a paid side to the game. Why not actually do something similar in the game too? A free update that's doing things to the NPCs and existing events in the game while also having the paid side of every season being the $10 and then the whatever the activity is that replaces the Vex offensive. So... What I want to really argue for here for all of the NPCs, obviously, namely Shaxx and Zavala in the tower, would be Ikora is the key. You want Ikora to sort of be the model and the archetype going forward for how an NPC can exist. Her format lines up really well with Shaxx and Zavala perfectly. They're already sort of set up and ready for it. They have the weeklies, dailies, and repeatables, and they have the currency. So when you're going and you're running Vex Offensive, you're getting the currency. You use that currency to buy those frames. Unfortunately, I have so many of them, they're just stacking up in the, the in the Postmaster now, and I don't have the ability to get rid of them in an efficient way, but when you go, and that's probably a reason to remove her, her currency cap, and if they do another currency for the Season of the Dawn event, I would also say maybe remove that currency cap, because whenever I run for Shaxx or Zavala, and I start stacking Crucible or Vanguard tokens, there's no real cap on those, you can kind of keep stacking them. So they're already ready. They're primed and ready to go. They've got the currency, so if you're grinding strikes, you're getting those Vanguard tokens, you would use those Vanguard tokens to buy the frames the way that she has right now. Uh, I definitely think they could probably even limit it even more. Maybe do one or two weapons a season and then five pieces of armor. The armor, in my in my mind, could be reskins. They could be, re- you know, retreatments of armor from previous seasons because this would be a free update. This would just be something to kind of keep the game alive, give you a reason to go run strikes and, ri- uh, I'm sorry, and Crucible. Do the same thing to the Drifter for the people that actually like Gambit. I know that's not me, but there is a portion of the community that likes Gambit. And then you give them that ability to target items. That's one of the beauties of Ada, Ikora, and the Menagerie and the Lecter, and there's a lot of places in the game right now you can target a particular item, and I think then you can get away with, you can get away with doing less items. You can do one or two guns a season for Shaxx and for Zavala and give them really cool rolls. Maybe even give them really nice curated rolls as a way to kind of give you that reason to keep grinding. Then they could trickle this out and do very similar things to all of the planetary NPCs. Planetary NPCs could afford to have weeklies, daily and repeatables because if just for whatever reason you really like the stuff that Devrim K has you could give you know give a person a reason to run weekly and daily bounties on his planet a lot of people might not even care about that but it's just another way to fill the activities and the lanes in the game with stuff worth chasing something that the season pass has really kind of informed the community about is that it is fun to have things throughout the season that you're leveling up and getting I've been saying this since 2017 I don't know why we don't have ranks with the NPCs and seasonal rank rewards, we did it like once with Zavala, it was for a ship I do think a seasonal rank would also be good the more you're running those bounties, the more you're working on those frames and those armor pieces you could have seasonal rank rewards, these could be something as simple as a ghost, a sparrow, a ship or a shader, or ornaments for the weapons. So you could start small and only do that with set with with Zax, uh, Zax, <laughs> Shax and Zavala. If Shax and Zavala have two guns each for the season, you could do an ornament for each one, kind of how they did the ornaments for the the machine gun and the auto rifle that come in the season pass. Two guns, two ornaments. That's that's. I don't think we're asking for that much. And then that would be a reason to make you feel kind of like, yeah, I've been really grinding Crucible. I got the ornaments earlier than everybody else. You could even throw an emblem in, maybe an emblem that tracks your rank uh you know throughout that season how high you actually get it it could just be another reason to to give people that thing to chase uh, every season now if that's if that works well they could they could trickle this out to the planetary NPCs and then there could be a ghost chip sparrow uh, that look like the planetary you know items and then you could earn them now that'd be a great way to feed the Eververse because people are like well that sounds like stuff they'd have to take out of the Eververse not necessarily there's so many planets and the rank would move so slow that if you couldn't get all of the planets done they could have the option for you to go just buy them from the store another way to keep the store on people's minds but also give people those options to say well, there's a sparrow on all six vanilla planets, I actually like this one the most and you could chase it and pursue it that season and then the other ones, if you happen to like them but didn't have time to go for them, then you could purchase them, I think that'd be a good mix of vanity items in the game related to a seasonal rank while also giving you the option to buy it in the the vanity store, that's a good I think compromise for a lot of the people that are like we should be able to earn everything in the the Eververse, I think people are maybe underestimating how much they actually can earn but that would be maybe a nice middle ground and Bungie might end up making a lot of money from that because It's just, again, keeping the store and the earnables and the vanity items on people's minds. Lastly, let's talk about more reskins. I know people are going to hear a lot of this and say, it sounds like you're just arguing for more reskins in the game. You just want them to repackage guns and Escalation Protocol and all these other things. I have been continually saying it is an absolute shame and mistreatment of the game to look at this director and look at the various planets, activities, and different hoppers of things, whether it's the Infinite Forest on Mercury, Escalation Protocol on Mars, the Blind Well on the Dreaming City, the, uh, the various barons on the Tangled Shore. It just seems to me an absolute shame to not repurpose and use those every season. You could do one per season, so you could do the Forge next season, then you could do EP the season after that, and then for the summer you could do something with Blind Well or the Barons on the Tangled Shore. Retreating and retreading those pieces of content with Reasons to Run and Grind and Chase as a free update I think is a great way to keep the game feeling alive and refreshed. Not like you're just leaving significant portions of the game stagnant because you're worried about people crying about reskins. Given that seasons only cost $10, I don't expect them to be that substantive and that's a really, really great way to inject some substance into the game and keep people playing. Whether you're a New Light player, maybe you're skipping a season, they they are all a cart. If you're skipping a season, there's still something going on. There's still a loot pool for you to grind. There's still things going on with the NPCs. Every planetary NPC getting one gun a season, and then an activity on a particular planet getting a refresh in that season, I think would be a good way to kind of keep the game full and moving and giving it that live, ever-changing world. Year 1 gear and guns, I think perfectly fit for this. They're just kind of sitting there. Year 1 in Destiny 2 was a bit of a bummer. It was static roles. It was double primary. The roles weren't even that great. A lot of them were pretty boring and plane so it'd be nice to bring a lot of those guns forward I always reference the old fashioned but there's also great guns like the Lincoln Green the Uriel's gift the Nurgle there's some really really great guns in there Uh, Anna Bray had some great guns that one pulse rifle it's like a scout I'm sorry it's like a Suros it kind of looks like a Hawksaw with like armor on it I'm telling you there's a lot there I think that would work really really well for this and if you make it free and you make it a way to kind of bolster each season and make it feel like there's more going on it'd be a big win I think for the game as a whole to not leave so many things kind of a derelict and on the chef. So, vendors in year three definitely could use some treatment, and those are some ideas for how they could do it. We're going to transition to QA, maybe. I don't know how many questions we got, but it might be a shorter QA session if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube. You can always catch me live at SayNotorRage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about the vendors in year three. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. It'll bring you right to my Twitch channel. If I'm not live, you can always click follow. If you're watching on YouTube, hitting like and subscribe helps me as well. We're going to jump right into the questions. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter one. We're wanting to do something fun today in Outer Worlds, so I'm only going to run about a 45-minute Q&A right now. Off topic from Excedrin here says, I just recently completed the new raid challenge and the triumph, stop hitting yourself. I felt the new raid challenge was incredibly easy to a point nothing really changed. The triumph on the other hand reminded me of the D1 challenges. Personally, I think that the triumph is the hardest one in the seal. Do you think that the raid seal should have more challenging triumphs and do you think the raid challenge should be the hardest parts of the raid? I don't know if I want to start pivoting all of the more challenging, you know, elements of the raid to triumphs. Um, that's, I, that doesn't really land on me. And that, that's a personal preference, obviously. But like, I think I would rather go back to the way that they did, uh, King's Fall. They designed hard first and then they dialed it back to normal. And obviously once you knew what you were doing in hard, it was never really quote unquote hard, but I just felt like that was a better spectrum. You felt like when you got good at the hard raid, you were finessing it. You were, you know, overcoming more pain points uh same thing with wrath you know they 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 didn't necessarily change the fights but like the monitors got smaller and there were more bombs required and there were more servitors and then you know the, the, the siege engine fight was a little bit different um arguably it was easier on hard because there was less frame droppage because they got rid of the the tank at the end uh, the walker i mean i don't know for me I think that's better than going into triumphs and doing like really weird challenges or like what we've been doing recently is like everybody switching to arc and everybody switching to void and everybody being a Titan or a warlock. I don't even know what stop hitting yourself is as a challenge. If somebody wants to put that in chat, maybe I could kind of interact with what they're saying. I'll first interact with your, with you claiming that the first challenge wasn't really hard. The one where you don't have to kill the, 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 the cyclopses or whatever i thought it was fine it's the first challenge i didn't expect it to be that significantly difficult i mean the the first challenge is usually like oh this isn't that big big of a deal even the challenges in the raids up to this point a lot of them were pretty basic i mean there wasn't anything that dramatic um and then oh is stop hitting yourself the one where you kill the vex by bringing the floors back I don't know if I would agree that's a better form of challenge. I mean, there's a lot to that that I think is... It it isn't even changing the flow of the fight. It's disrupting the fight, right? So, I'm going to give an example. Slamming the plates in Axis was extra and you had to, like, go the distance. Not allowing the Templar to teleport was within the fight itself. Like, don't let them do this. You need to excel at the mechanic. And doing something kind of stupid and gimmicky and arguably even a little RNG based, like if he changes plates, you know, kind of back behind you, um, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. There's no way to determine like what plates he's going to take. And then obviously whatever he takes, that's where you have to kite the enemies and then rebuild the floor and smash them with the floor. I don't think I like that. I that that feels gimmicky. That feels too disruptive. I know there are people that are like, oh, but it's so unique and so crazy and so different. Um, I guess my question is, can you do that and then fail the fight? I mean, couldn't you arguably arguably just go in and, like, pop him and not send anybody and then, like, be kiting the enemies and running around like a bunch of idiots and then slamming them with the floors, like, because you'd have more people? Do you have to, do you have to complete the fight or can you do it that way? Can you kind of gimmick it and just say, um... Can you just nobody you oh you have to finish the boss? Okay. Well at least you have to do that. Okay, that's that's good. That's good. That's a little less gimmicky. It's still I'm still not a fan of it. Okay? Because it's 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 too disruptive. It's just too disruptive. I that would be like I can't think of a good example. But all of the challenge like, destroy oryx with 16 bombs at once. Right? So in that in that realm you are again you are you are changing the fight within the fight structure itself not doing something gimmicky that would have been like a, in Golgoroth or something being like get the ads to walk through the pool and then do damage to them or something i don't know i can't think of a good example because that's just so disruptive to what you're typically doing in the fight instead of saying um i think a better challenge would be Whenever, you know, whenever you finally defeat him, you have to have all of the floors rebuilt. Like, that would be a better challenge. So, like, every time he destroys a floor, you have to rebuild it. So, there's no question in anybody's mind about how many floors have been deleted. You literally would have to, like, really take care of that. It would be like, you could call it, like, no stone unturned or something. And you basically can only kill him as long as the entire floors have been rebuilt. I think that would be better. Why? Because that's requiring you to finesse and, like, excel at the at the mechanic itself instead of saying, do something really stupid and gimmicky with it. Um, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. I know that's a really, really specific, almost very niche and very narrow example. I, I would imagine there could be better challenges. Or, again, I'm just going to tag out of this debate and say... Can't we just go back to having a normal hard and then a challenge for the different encounters? I do like that the challenges are now contained in the fights. You don't have to like, grab a bounty from uh, from Hawthorne. Um, I was just disappointed with the raid challenge so the enemy thing was more challenging, I guess. Well, let's just wait and see. They haven't done an amazing job with raid challenges in Destiny 2, if, if, we're, if we're honest. I don't think they've done an amazing job. I think raid design in general in D1 was just better. Um, they did normal hard, they did challenge there was more opportunities for clutch, there wasn't revive timers, there weren't revive tokens there was a lot of philosophy shifts in D2 that I think have made the raids less exciting Um, and challenges have been kind of similar um and I mean, I would agree with Eugene, none of the raid challenges have ever been hard, but I think they were more interesting in D1. The 16 bomb detonation, uh, the slamming of the plates, the not allowing the Templar to teleport. I think Atheon's challenge was probably the best one. Everybody has to destroy a relic. I thought that was freaking awesome. That I, I hated that one at first, and I grew to it grew to become my favorite. Uh, so whenever I look at the challenges in D1 and the raid design in D1, I... I think it was better and I don't think I'm being nostalgically biased. I just think if if these raids would have ar- Imagine that all the raids we got in D2 landed in D1. And then in th- and then in Destiny 2 we got Vogue, and then Crota and then King's Fallen Wrath. I honestly feel like we would say these are an upgrade, these are awesome holy moly, the clutches, the gear, the the internal currency and wrath, and the chests and stuff like, I don't know I, mean, I feel like the community would say these are an upgrade now, somebody might criticize and say, well they're not big enough, you know, nothing's as big as the Last Wish, I mean, King's Fall would kind of be the Last Wish trade-off so maybe people were, really wouldn't say that I, there's something about um there was something about the the way they felt. I feel like they would feel like an upgrade if we got the D2 raids first and the D1 raids second. I I do. I feel like maybe again, this is maybe just my preference and my bias showing. I feel like people would consider them an upgrade. Right now I feel like d- d- raids have downgraded into relay races with with uh with a revive timer, you know. So Vogue, really? Seems like nostalgia more than anything? Or, no, Vogue is phenomenal. Vogue is a great raid. Crota? Yeah, Crota was short, but I mean, if look at the raids we've got now. Crota was as long and as substantive as Scourge, or Crown of Sorrow, or it's bigger and longer than Eater of Worlds. It's about the same as Spire. So, you know, Crota, Crota is even with a hand, with, like a, with a lot of the raids in D2. And then Last Wish and Kingswall are kind of a tie. And then... Garden of Salvation and Wrath are kind of a tie. And then Vogue would be your Leviathan tie. Like, I think we've we've got some some fair comparisons to make there that they're you know, some of them were equal and stuff, but I just I don't know if I would want to go the route of having cheesy cheesy challenges like this. I would much rather go back to normal hard challenge and that being the spectrum for raids. And I think they could use Contest Modifier to kinda of get us back to some of that. A Johnny Does Destiny have too many currencies? My entire inventory is clogged with stuff I don't know what to do with. I do think a simplification of a lot of the currency systems would be helpful. I don't necessarily know if you want to completely eliminate currencies like per planet. Do you want to eliminate currencies per vendor? There's something there I think that's okay. I mean, obviously, I'm advocating for it in my video, right? I'm like, well, Icora has a currency. You use the currency to buy the frames. The frames are tied to her activity, and you could do that with Zavala and Shax. They have an activity that grants you a currency, the tokens. You could do the same thing when Saladin's around, right? The token system and the bounty system is already there. Just give him frames and use the currency for the frames, and then you're done. You know, ship that. You know, ship that update. Uh, they could do the same thing if they ever bring Faction Rally back, for crying out loud, you know? I think that system would work well. But to be like, oh, there's too many currencies. I do think some of them could afford uh, to be simplified. Um, like w- one, one, one that I think would be an easy one to make that I don't think anybody would really complain about is all the planetary currencies to just stack on top of each other. And you would just make them look like this. You would use this box right here. You see this box? and this box would literally just say resources, you know, planetary resources, and no matter what planet you're on this number goes up so you would easily, easily clean up inventories immediately if you did that like, you'd have what is that, eight? what is that, nine? no, it's nine locations, that's nine locations, the six vanilla planets six vanilla planets, is th- then eight, lo- then you get eight with Tangled Shore and Dreaming City, then you get nine with the moon I just think, have that box and just say it's a planetary resource box and then if you need planetary resources for infusion it just pulls from that total and any planet you're on it just goes into the box um That, I mean, that would clean up inventory, like, immediately. And you could probably leave the rest of these alone if you were to do that. Tokens from Zavala Shaxx and uh, Saladin. Uh, The currencies, uh, what's this currency up here with Ikora? Vex Mine Components, I think those should go up to 999, personally. Maxing these at 100 is stupid. There's no reason to do that. Uh, The the Ghost Fragments should go up to 999. Like, can we just cut the crap with these stacks? It just isn't necessary. I understand Phantasmal Fragments needing to be capped because they need to disrupt you maybe going AFK. you got to go to the lectern every once in a while and, like, buy the the, the, the cores. Uh, but that would be the only one I could really see being needed, and also it would be so far-reaching and immediately helpful to take all planetary resources and put them into one box. Uh, booby Monster. Well, hello. Uh, vendor Refresh would be nice. I'm sick of everyone using the same weapons. Wouldn't you rather see them implement weapons 2.0 and fade the overused weapons out? Well, you got to be careful here, okay? I'm all for pushing people toward new stuff. I'm all about that, okay? But you got to do it in the right way, and there can be sort of soft ways to do that. Uh, number 1, the no, the lack of a mod slot on here one weapons is keeping people from running them right now. So let's say you really really liked because a lot of people really, really did, you like the Midnight Coup. Well, there's no mod slot. So you can't run any of the artifact mods that people are using. Uh, If you really, really liked, you know, uh, a a submachine gun from year one that doesn't have that mod slot, you know, that's kind of getting left... You know, on on the shelf, you know, The Conqueror. Let's say for whatever reason you loved Mob Justice or The Conqueror D, like the, this lack of a mod slot. I think something they could have done this season would have been to say you cannot put you know two mods on this it would either be the artifact mod or you know one of the regular mods and then year three weapons and one, you know, one of my favorites right now is the reckless oracle so reckless oracle should be able to run because it's year three it should be able to run the artifact mod and another one of the regular mods again a slow evolution right that's a soft push to leave behind year two weapons and run the year three weapons. Cause if I could run the reckless Oracle with minor spec and anti barrier, that would be a soft push away from all the stuff from year two. Uh, but you, again, you gotta be careful. It's gotta be soft, it's gotta be a soft push, and it's gotta be respectful. If you suddenly just take people's gear from themselves, trust me, I've advocated for that a lot, and I always get pushback. People are like, do not take my weapons away. Don't lock them with power. Don't keep me from infusing them. So, okay, fine. Well, then, give benefits to the new stuff, you know? And, so yeah, I would agree with you. I don't think these are mutually exclusive, by the way. An Armor 2.0 system would be far-reaching and would impact all weapons. And if they implemented... I'm sorry, a Weapons 2.0. A Weapons 2.0 system would be far-reaching and it would affect all weapons. And if and when they were to do that, they also gave every planet... A, a gun that season to grind for, and I said during my videos, Zavala and Shax could get like two guns a season to grind for, those guns could be landing in the new system, so sure, you'd be like, well old-fashioned is a year one gun, yeah but it's way different now, it's got different possible roles, random roles to begin with makes it better, cause it's not a static role like it was in year one. Oh, and by the way, all those cool weapons 2.0 quality of life updates that we've done now apply to those guns, so I just continue to look at the old planets, old activities, and old loot systems, and it just feels like an absolute tragedy to say, let's never reuse those, ever, because then you're always running in the small circle of the the, the new, and you're just going to run out of space, why leave so many pieces, gear, loot cycles, and, and content loops, and activities, why leave them so derelict and dormant in the game, why not inject some life into them, and I would always say, do it for free to compliment the paid season and you'd be in a really really good place anybody wants to complain about it I would just be like get the frick over it it's free you know SMG Kind of random, but why is there a rally spot by Eris? I don't know. You got to spend fragments to do it. I maybe because they want to give people the opportunity to hit a flag before they go do vex offensive or a pub or something. Uh, public events on the moon seem a little inconsistent. I feel like almost every time I look at the moon, there's no, uh, there's no public event um, flag to hit and since there's no public event for altar of sorrow maybe somebody in chat saying that i would not have it charging you know phantasmal fragments i would just have it being a glimmer or just use the consumable from the raid banners potato of death i know this is a game that requires fire teams all of the end game for all the end game content should there be a path for solos no i get this question quite a bit i don't want there to be end game content built for solo players you have to understand that this game is designed from the bottom to the top for teams, for multiplayer, and it's been that way for five years. Now, there is stuff for you to do. If you're a solo player, the content is not held at arm's length. There's matchmaking for the two lower difficulties of Nightfalls, the two lower difficulties of Nightmare Hunts. Vex Offensive is matchmade with no difficulty spectrum. Uh, there's, a, you know, there's a solo flawless... There's a solo challenge and a solo flawless challenge for the dungeon. I actually think they do quite a bit for solo players, which is a little which is actually in many respects kind of unusual uh, for a game that is driven so much by multiplayer. So I don't think they need to go any further than they typically do and start creating uh endgame content or path paths and loot and loot paths and content paths for solos. I want them spending their their time and efforts on what sort of is the meat of Destiny. Destiny's identity which is multiplayer you know environments like cooperative missions quests and end game and endgame content activities. T main. Lono do you feel like Bungie getting rid of factions was a sign of a lack of refreshability? they have for the vendors well no because you have to look at the time they got rid of factions at the time factions were basically just static rolled weapons that weren't really that worth chasing a lot of them you know because when you do here's the problem with static rolls when you do static rolls every roll can't be great so a lot of them weren't so hot and if you make every single one a god roll you sort of nullify any kind of other loot pursuits like we'll just run faction rally and you're going to get a god roll of every single gun archetype in the game because each you know each each faction had a handful of weapons so when they got rid of it, you have to you have to look at the context with which it, w- when it was removed. Okay, so I don't think that, that's that's a sign of like a lack of refreshability. You know, I, I don't think so, but I do think thank you Jarrettall. But I do think I do think refreshing vendors. I don't think they pulled the trigger on it because I still think maybe they're finding their way with vendors. They updated the entire bounty system to a weekly, daily repeatable. I don't think people understand that that was like a pretty big deal. They completely overhauled the bounty system when they did that, which is why your bounties disappeared. That's a pretty far-reaching change. Uh, they wanted to make sure that that XP gain, the Bright Dust gain, and all those things were balanced. And in the process, they just they didn't do refreshes on the vendors. So I don't think there's a lack of ability to do that. I think they do things in, in, in pieces and in phases. And I think they first wanted to get the shadow keep content off the ground and out the door and they did not want again I I really think one of the main reasons they didn't do it was they didn't want people feeling like I'm paying for reskins they already knew they were going to face that criticism they already knew people were going to say that about the moon and the nightmares, so why double down and also do it to the vendors? They could do it later for free. Also, I think they understood that the bulk of Shadowkeep's focus was going to be the new content, the new, the new activities, the new locations, instead of grinding for stuff from old NPCs. And I think they probably made the right call. Now, I know people are like, but you've always said vendors need refresh, vendors need refreshed. If they're going to do the vendors and they're going to refresh them, they need to do it right, which is why I've just adjusted. It's like, I agree with you, they need to. Do they need to in Shadowkeep? Probably not, because they wanted us focusing on the new activities and the new loot pools, and if you could go grind, you know, Shacks or Zavala for really great gear, because they get a nice refresh and the random rolls in the Armor 2.0, they didn't want people ignoring... The lectern, or the dungeon, or the vex offensive, or or I you know Icora and as NPCs, and then obviously you've got nightmare hunts are in the mix too, and grinding the night falls for the currency. I think they wanted us to focus on a lot of the new stuff, and it would have maybe gotten diluted if they updated too much. And again, if we're honest, the last when they did when they did a major you know update to all of the vendors like with rise of iron and everybody got a refresh 90% of the guns they added to the game at that point in time were junk. So it it, quantity wouldn't necessarily be the right call, which is why I've called for Ikora's format to be the format for those NPCs. It wouldn't necessarily be this massive quantitative injection of stuff, but it would be a qualitative injection because I think her grind is really good. It's very, it's very intentional. Nurgle. I feel as though they could have refreshed for this season from all vendors. Do you feel Vex Offensive Guns are reskinned from Osiris? Could they not have used other models on the planets and added them? Again, you're touching on a reason why I don't think they wanted to do it. I think they were already gun-shy about the accusation about reskin 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 and this would have made it, I think, an even bigger criticism. More people likely would have made uh, the criticism okay shy says do you think the new do you like the new pinnacle drop system personally I think it's too fast you can gain multiple levels over the course of one playthrough which is absurd uh, if this is supposed to be a harder grind um, I don't know what you mean by multiple levels over the course of one playthrough I, I have no idea what you're referring to there's still only so many pinnacles you can get to drop um, nobody's leveling up multiple times maybe mm, pff one week would you mean one playthrough of the week you can get multiple levels let's in any case let's take the question which do i think it's too fast or too slow okay thank you for the uh saying happy birthday uh robotic here's the thing they needed to address it because requiring you to get a plus one on eight pieces is absurd especially with the abundance of energy weapons in the raid um that's basically all you get uh, and there's no heavy weapon that's that's a, that's a pretty big slant um, so what I would think is they had to make an adjustment and they went the route of plus twos because they felt like okay that's gonna mitigate bad drops and I'll use myself as an example I've had terrible luck and so I haven't moved that much you're like oh you can get multiple levels through one playthrough yeah if you get great drops I'm like, I need a helmet, I need a mark, or a heavy weapon. Oop, got another kinetic. Oop, got another energy weapon. So I'm not necessarily sure you want to use, like, Johnny Lucky Stars, who gets the exact things to drop in the right places every time, and you're sick of playing with him for it, right? This week's over overstated because of Iron Banner. Yeah, Iron Banner kind of tips the scales. I would be... At this point, I would be concerned about, number one, why do we care if people are hitting 960 a little bit easier? Number two, what's the ultimate goal of 960, and what's the ultimate goal of you and why you play? Okay, so first let's just take what's the goal of 960. The goal of 960 is to basically get you closer to endgame delta, so when you run 980 Nightfalls or 980 Nightmare Hunts, they're significantly easier. When you run them under delta, they're pretty freaking tough. So that's one of the goals of getting to 960, is to make the end game grind better especially if you're if you're going for maxed out stats or you're wanting to max out your gear and you're wanting to use ascendant shards and the prisms and all of that, you're gonna to need to be running night nightfalls and if you get though if you get to 960 your artifacts obviously going to be up there too you're gonna to be more than prepared for that content okay So there is a that's one reason to hit 960. I don't know if hitting 960, Is this be all end all goal. I think this is one of the dilemmas that Bungie is always going to have when they have people that are, oh, I can level up and they think that's all that matters. I've, I have literally in the, in the years I've sat in this chair, it's always shocked me when people are like, why are you still playing if you're max level or I'm going to hit max level. What then? What am I going to do? what do you mean? Then what are you going to do? There's plenty of things to do. You can you know, max out the stats on your gear, and you know, go for uh, go for god rolls on weapons. Come up with different loadouts. Go for triumphs and time trials, and and grinding that on end game content and time trials and stuff is going to be way easier when you're at Delta. Trust me, we've been doing it. It's pretty frustrating. So. I, if you answer the question of like, oh, I get to nine sixty so I can basically be done with the game, then yeah, it's going to be a bummer if you're hitting it really, really fast each week. But like, if the main reason to get to nine sixty is so you can enjoy a quicker grind of like end game content, I would say then it's okay if you hit it reasonably quick in the season because you can then go enjoy all the end game stuff. Like chasing, chasing power level to me has just never been. The real chase and the real pursuit. I mean, there are so many layers of customization now with the stats you can roll, the mods, the you know the synergy between your stats and your mods and your guns. Um, there's not enough of that yet, but there could be more. Right now, some of the only real, you know, big builds and some of the builds that are the most fun to run are things like with Demolitionist or maybe even uh, Swashbuckler. But I definitely think that I definitely think that people are maybe uh, I don't know. They, they, I think people overvalue hitting max level, and the the only reason there's a part of me that would agree with you, I'm not necessarily agreeing and saying, "Yep, it's too fast." But there's a part of me that would say. This is this should have been a slow grind to span multiple seasons. Now that's me obviously taking up for my position. My position is that I don't think there will be a gear bump every season. I think we will primarily level the artifact, and you will when you're when you're leveling that up. That's where you know that's your that's where your like level bump will come uh, each season. So obviously I'm kind of arguing for for my position when I say that, but. You know, if people are hitting nine sixty really, really fast this season, I'm really curious what what they're gonna do next time, right? I just realized as the moon turns, the reflection right here on the top of the ship actually change changes in conjunction with it. Like it's, it's, like, it's, like a, it's like a true uh, reflection. Uh, the assassin should there only should there only be planet resources turn in for ranks or like quests to raise planet rank well I would imagine if they brought the seasonal rank to the planetary NPCs like I said you would be raising that rank by by grabbing the weeklies the dailies and the repeatables uh, and then obviously if you're going for their guns if they have some gun frames or something um, that'd be that'd be it there will 100% be another power bulb next season I don't know why anybody speaks that confidently about it dude we've we've gone through you should go watch my powerful uh, my 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 pinnacle power update video where they updated the pinnacle power grind and listen to that video where I read through numerous comments from Luke Smith that indicate they are wanting to change the leveling system, and a lot of things are hinting at the fact that you will not be leveling up your gear, just the artifact. There's an awful lot to make you doubt your claim of, oh, there will be a 100% a power bump. I'm not saying there will 100% not. I just think it's shaky right now. I don't think anybody can claim one direction or the other. It's a big fat maybe in either direction, because of the things that they've said leading, uh, leading to this point. Uh... Dredgen says, uh, feel's birthday, man. (laughs) Thanks. Imagine every planet vendor having specific weapon to grind for like an auto from Nessus, hand cannon from Titan, shotgun from Tangled Shore. What do you think? Yeah, this is, this is something I've been saying for a long, long time. And obviously in the video, I said you could have the, 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 the NPCs in the tower get like two guns a season. And then a while ago in another video, and I think I even hinted at it in this video, one gun per, planet every season would be good so next season it's just the old-fashioned from devrim and then the next season it's the call to serve and then the next season he has the link in green okay so if you do it that way and you only do that on the vanilla planets you don't have to do it with spider or petra because they don't they've never they've never worked that way they've never had that kind of a loot a loot pool now you could honestly you could because the Dreaming City weapons are cool and there was never any directional grind for them. So you could do it with Petra and there's Tangled Shore weapons. So why the frick not? You could do it with Spider 2 uh, if you really, really want a god roll of one of those red weapons, you know, like the Dust Rock Blues or something. Um, they had some of their own intentional grinds, but they weren't that obvious. If they get one gun per season, it wouldn't... I don't feel like that would be that hard. You don't need to give one to Aeris because she's got the lectern. So that's eight guns a season. Eight! Because there's eight planets. There's the six vanilla, the vanilla planets. And then there's the two locations that came with Forsaken. So at eight weapons a season, I think. And then if you do, if you do two for Shaxx, two for Zavala, that's 12. And then you could do two for Drifter. That's 14. So 14 weapons across all the planets And the three vendors in the tower and it's 14 weapons, you're going to get an awful lot of like of capital. And to me, a return of investment here would be grind and and engagement from the player base. I think those 14 weapons, you're going to get a ton of bang for your buck, a ton of bang for your buck. That is a lot of planets. That is a lot of optional grind if you want it. So you get to those places in the season, you're like, I don't really know what I want to go for right now. Oh, well, you know what, guys, we could spend an entire day just going nuts on the EDZ, just grabbing a frame from Devrim every 20-15 minutes and trying to get a god roll on the Lincoln Green. And if every planet has that, then it's completely up to the player. And whenever the casuals, you know, whenever the casuals are doing that, it just makes the game feel alive. Oh, I'm doing the Flashpoint. Let me make sure and grab these frames from, from Anna Bray or whatever. You know, I, it if Mercury had the best weapon, I'd be best. <laughs> right, right. You wouldn't want Mercury to get anything good. Um, so this to me is, is a way, because if you look at the Vex Offensive and you're like, oh, the Vex Offensive has four guns. Let's go grind the heck out of it for those four guns, right? And you kind of stay in there. Generally speaking, people zero in on one or two of those weapons. So again, those 14 weapons that span 8 8 planet planetary locations and 3 vendors in the tower, that's just a ton. That is just an absolute junk ton of optional grind to make the game feel alive. And if you create those hoppers, all you got to do every season is be like, "Well, last season, you know, Failsafe had the Uriel's gift." This season, you know, Failsafe's going to have the manananan. All you're, you are you just you're basically all you're doing is is just creating these pockets of of something to do even if it's low level and you just it's been 12 weeks. Switch it to another weapon. You just somebody on the weapons team. You know you have people on the weapons team in charge of basically the seasonal fourteen weapon refresh. And people are like, oh, but it's reskins. Well, if it's free and it's 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 running in tandem and alongside of the ten dollar season, that's new and new things and new activity. I don't know. I feel like that'd be a great way to keep the game kind of moving and feeling alive. Jay Coles one hundred. What do you think of the new raid challenge absence of? The Hawthorne Bounty. Do you think it's a better system? I think it's a way better system. Uh, and obviously this one started out pretty easy compared to some of the, maybe some of the other raid challenges we've had traditionally. Well, I mean, this is basically like the Morgath challenge, right? Leave the Ogres Alive. Um, this one's not too difficult. It adds a little bit of pressure, but it's pretty easy to mitigate. And I like it, but hoping that the next couple maybe are a little bit more involved. Yana Forty got a question going back to pinnacle gear kind of do you think it'd be a good idea to have a seasonal artifact level up slower uh based on your power gear maybe is what you mean so if you're below 950 it levels you up faster than normal if you're 950 960 then slow for 960 thank you for helping me submit a question <laughs> okay There's a serious danger with your question that you probably just haven't foreseen that would would pose a pretty significant threat to, like, level pacing, okay? What people would end up doing is they would intentionally not do any of the activities to push them over to 950, and they would just grind the ever-loving heck out of bounties, and they would level up the artifact faster, right? You just level up the artifact, like just that's all they would do. They would never hit 950. And then maybe once the artifact really slows down and the artifact's like a plus 20 or something, they're like, "Oh, now we're going to do, now we're going to now we're going to go max our gear score out or whatever." I um I don't think this is a bad idea like as you typed it it sounds good, but then in practice, you have to understand what the community would do as soon as they saw how this worked. They would basically grind one character up to max level hand the 950 weapons to the second character and then never let that character hit 950 and just grind the frick out of the uh, would just grind the frick out of the, um, out of the artifact to get those bonus levels bird bro bird bro first off happy birthday man thank you secondly do you think that they should add weapon bounties to zavala for the nightfall specific weapon that way you can reduce the grind on the legacy content full disclosure I really want malicious birthright but the nightfall has been in rotation once while some has gone and come through three times already in the last three weeks I actually think one of the biggest problems is nightfall rotation not that you need nightfall loot in a bounty right I just, what they should do is increase the number of weekly nightfalls on rotation to five and frickin' have them rotate properly. I don't I don't understand how this is still a problem, like why certain nightfalls just don't show up for weeks at a time. I, I don't get this. I don't work for Bungie, but I'm like, okay guys, is it that hard to just like say, here's the nightfall schedule for the next you know, 10 weeks, so the season guarantees a nice healthy rhythm and presence of certain nightfalls. Is that too difficult? I don't feel like that's asking for a lot. I feel like Bungie has done a great job, there's really good rhythm, there's really good things to chase, but why are we still dealing with this problem? Is it that difficult? You guys can go in and at whim change the nightfalls. So why in the blue frick do you not do that every week? Isn't Just make that somebody's job. Just make it somebody's job. You've messed up before and then come back and been like, we've updated the nightfall. Okay, well, thanks for giving that away. Now we know you can change the nightfall if need be. So have some guy named Carl or whoever go in every week and say, all right, it's Monday night. Uh, let me pick the nightfalls for tomorrow. And all he's got to do is got to look at a calendar and say, okay, last week was these three, the week before that was these three. Okay, it's these three nightfalls, their turn. And increasing it to four or five would probably be a good idea. Um, I don't get it. It doesn't, that, that, this problem persisting just absolutely blows my mind because you've given it away. It was like when they said that, like, we don't know what Xur's going to have, it's totally random. Oh, God freaking bullcrap why even say that to the community like what (laughs) that's not true you have changed his, his his uh his inventory before and don't say the same thing they said the same thing about Ada's bounties what the frick what what do you mean pick them pick them! Just pick what ones are available! Ada's bounties unlocked in order in relation to the unlocking of the forges, and then after we unlocked them all, they were the the, the, the frames were random It's like, what? I don't understand! When you launched Black Armory there was a sequence of frames that, that lined up with the forges so there was an order of weapons i think rhythmic urgency is great by the way that's why i'm so bewildered by this it's great to be like what can i do this week kind of like with the nightmare hunts if you really really want the most efficient grind for the grenade launcher just do the fanatic over and over again you get the essence you complete it get the essence you complete it get the essence and then go do it right and then he goes away for a while well, I, you know, I, I think Rhythmic Urgency has a place in this game. They've kind of eroded at the value of Rhythmic Urgency and they've, unfortunately, made the community really hate Rhythmic Urgency. Why? Because you're like, well, I would love to get that Nightfall weapon. I would love to get a, a Horror's Least Pulse Rifle, but that, that Nightfall was, like, in existence. It, 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 was like, it didn't exist for, like, two months or something. It was ridiculous. Well now everybody hates rhythmic urgency you mess it up with Aida's frames you've continued to mess it up with nightfalls so now everybody hates a value point that I think is a good thing because it keeps things fresh every week what do you value most what do you want to go for this week Here's what is available in the various activities and the various hoppers. Go for what you value most. Now it's like, well, now Ada's frames are available all the time. Ikora has all four frames available and the Menagerie. You could make any weapon you wanted, right? And as long as you had the the runes. So I don't know. I've always, always, always felt like that's a huge missed opportunity to just say each week everything rotates and if you're the thing you want, just went away hopefully if they've designed a pretty full game there's something else in the game for you to go chase that maybe you weren't chasing because like while i was chasing the love and death grenade launcher i wasn't doing other things and when the love and death grenade launcher grind wasn't available to me i went and did other things and chased other stuff so it's like creating those various hoppers i think with rhythmic urgency would be good at the end of the day I just think it's a big dilemma to say oh well we can't get the nightfall rotation right let's just punt and make all the nightfalls available or we'll just make the nightfall specific loot a bounty that you just grab from Zavala and you can run any nightfall I think that's a miss, that's a punt fix the rotation is what I would say uh, reap lol do you think shadowkeep was rushed? divinity is bugged and shouldn't be stacking with debuffs not to mention it was crashing games not having random rolls is also apparently a bug I don't think so uh, they promoted him as having uh, collection versions that was like a th- something they promoted I didn't think they said that was a bug uh, the crucible info feed only shows the first person to pull heavy ammo and not all the following people Isnagis is nagis is literal best pve uh, and the quest was somehow bugged twice I'm not terribly impressed so far Well, we got to take a couple of these things in pieces. First of all, Divinity not stacking on debuffs. You have to understand Divinity was a brand new exotic. Uh, Stacking on debuffs of grenades was a brand new concept. So whenever they throw a lot of things into the mix, sometimes you don't really know how those ingredients are going to combine. You're like, yep, throw that in, throw that in. What do you got? Throw that in. You know, it's like a potluck. If you have a potluck in your backyard and you tell your neighbors to all bring their favorite dishes, somebody might bring a casserole and somebody might bring, you know, jello and they don't go well together at all. They taste terrible. Well, you didn't synergize and say, this is the theme we're going with barbecue and these are the dessert types or whatever, okay? That's not the best example. It's like, what do you mean jello with that? But you see what I'm saying? Like, this department's bringing this, this department's bringing this, and then sometimes they don't combine in in the best way right they don't combine in the best way so divinity and those debuffs not combining well i don't think leads to the conclusion that oh my gosh shadow keep was rushed okay now they not having random rolls and they said it's a bug i don't remember seeing that anywhere so chat's gonna have to confirm or deny if that's true uh the crucible info feed only showing the first person to pull heavy not all of the people yeah well that was an update this season they changed heavy so that more people could get it, and in the process, they forgot to update, like I guess the kill feed or whatever. Um, what's your last one? The Izanagi's quest again. I just I don't know how that happened. I think they again somebody went in and turned a knob. They go in, they turn the knob with the forges. Only only one forge is available per day, and in the process, they broke the quest line. Uh, that again doesn't make me conclude that Shadow Keep was rushed. If anything. Maybe we could conclude that they did a little too much. They bit off more than they could chew, you know? I, pe- nobody in chat's really saying whether or not it's a bug or not. I mean, Deckard said bug. If the Xur thing is a bug, I, <laughs> I just... I, I don't know if that's the problem. If you're trying to get a good role on a particular exotic... Giving us a means to grind for that particular exotic is probably better than you crossing your fingers every week for Zur to have a good roll or re rolling your exotic with glass needles. I just really, really think the best solution for Zur is that. He literally has a, an exotic collection menu. You go to his menu and if, let's say, you've gotten the, the Skull of the Dire Ahamkara and you'd like to get a good roll on it, you can buy a token from him that's costly, and for that whole week, anytime you grind an activity that has a high chance of exotics, it now has a high chance of being Skull. Like, that to me would be one of the best iterations of zur Rather than being like, no, 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 he should just randomly have really good rolls on armor, so you're like, where'd you get that god roll? Oh, well, if you were it. Attention! That one week i bought these boots from zur man it's amazing it's like that's just not i don't i don't think we should be buying god roll stats from zur Zer is there as a backstop for new players or 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 players that played infrequently that don't have all the exotics he is not meant to be a source for your you getting good stats i just if he is meant to be a source for you to get good stats it should be in a way where you're going out and farming for the gear to drop bumble 17 is Bungie's approach to vendors causing a currency problem? I have loads of currency. We already dealt with this question earlier. I think consolidating all the planetary currencies into one box the way that it's shown on the actual season pass. When you go to the season you see that little box of currency I think anytime you get a planetary currency that box number should just go up. Anytime you need planetary currencies, it just pulls from that total. I think that would be a way to consolidate a lot of the currencies and not completely break the fact that currencies are needed uh, as well as a lot of the things that are already kind of getting up and running like I Chorus Currency, uh, Zavala, Shacks, and then Saladin. I mean, and, you know, they all have their their currencies as well. So that's actually perfect timing on q and I didn't want to go too long with this one. That's the last question in the hopper. Uh, we're going to transition to something really, really cool. So don't leave if you want to be a part of this cool thing we're about to do. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always come in live at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.